Disrupting Worship, the podcast, is a set of conversations about the future of gathered worship. In the midst of struggle and tragedy, lockdown has offered us an unprecedented opportunity to pause, reflect, and reshape what it looks like to meet with God, the world, and one another. Well, welcome to season two of Disrupting Worship. I'm here with Grace Sentamu Bavistock. Hey, Grace. Hey, Sam. Good to have another conversation with you. Yeah. And we've also got Timo Shinoski here. How are you, Timo? Hi, Sam. Hi, Grace. I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you? Awesome. Yes. I'm okay. I'm okay. I think uh, everyone has this this kind of feeling of we're, we're just about surviving at the moment. I think. <laughs> That's probably all we can really ask for. <laughs> and that yeah. is a great achievement in itself. Indeed. We must not dismiss survival and being able yeah. to survive, get up each day, get kids to school or care for a loved one. Those are no small things. So that's right. big up you, Sam, and everyone else there who feels they're just surviving. You're not you're yeah. doing an awesome job living. If you're listening to this, give yourself a little tap on the shoulder right now. <laughs> <laughs> great. Thanks, Timo. Oh, well, this is, um, yeah, I mean, I I guess when we started this, we didn't know if there would be a season two. And we possibly thought if there was a season two, that it would be, oh, everything's back to normal now. And, you know, where are we, where are we heading after the pandemic? And I, unfortunately, that's not really where we are. We're kind of still in the midst of, you know, the Delta variant and all of that. But uh, God is still good. And... Yeah. Yeah, and we still kind of believe, yeah, that he is at work in his church. And so we we particularly want to thank everyone who's kind of come back to us and said, oh, we've enjoyed season one or, you know, commented on specific um, episodes. I know we got feedback on the outdoor worship stuff, people encouraging about that, uh, people encouraging about the, the one we did right at the end um, with Karen Campbell, uh, on the whole multicultural thing. So we thought we'd do this again. We thought we'd do Yay. season two. <laughs> Great. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And um, before we... Um, Grace and I have done a few of the interviews already, so we're going to give you a few sneak previews. But, but Timo, you've been working on something called Disrupting Worship Stories. And maybe yes. you could just give us a little... little uh, yeah. What's, what's been going on there? Yeah. So I did a thing. I did a little thing. Um, and this happened to fit in quite nicely into this gap between mm. season one and season two um so that was quite quite good so basically one of the things that i loved most about season one was when people were sharing some of their own experience mm. you know of course we can talk about all of the theology and about the more conceptual ideas behind the future of church and all of that and that's good but one thing that stood out for me was the honesty and the rawness that mm. some of our guests from season one really brought to this conversation. You know, I'm reminded of Andy Flanagan talking mm. about the uh, eye surgery of his daughter or uh, Karen Campbell told lots of stories from uh, what they tried in, in her church during lockdown. Yeah. And that sort of stuff really stuck with me. And so once season one finished, I thought, I want more of those stories. I want some more. Uh, and particularly stories from people who are doing the stuff, you know, week mm. in, week out, who are not just sitting there 
philosophizing about worship all day, <laughs> but who have got real congregations that they are part of, that they are serving, uh, and yeah. also in, in roles of leadership there. Uh, you know, who, who, yeah, are really in the disruptedness of all of it. Mm. So I got in touch with a bunch of worship leaders, people who are regularly involved mm. uh, in their local church, whether that is in a paid capacity or not. And I had conversations with them, just like we now on Zoom. Uh, and I asked each one the exact same questions. I asked them, uh, during this season, what was the most difficult thing? What was something that actually worked really well for your congregation? And then lastly, if you could change one thing about congregational worship, what would it be? Yeah. And we kept it really short. We recorded each conversation. They are now all available to watch on our social media channels. But it was quite fascinating, uh, you know, the, the results that we got from that. So, mm. yeah. Did you sense some, um, I think the phrase you use is red threads. Uh, yeah. You know, some sort of, some themes that emerge from more than one person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I can uh, briefly like give you a little uh, whistle-stop tour of, of right. some of the things that were said if you want. Yeah. So, for example, first question, <clears throat> what was the hardest? Almost everyone said that they missed the physical aspect of being gathered. I think that's mm. quite an obvious one. Um, but not only because they missed the uplifting sound of the congregation, but, you know, for example, Jemima said that it also meant that being led by the Spirit looked very differently. And, you know, she had to adapt to that, you know, before mm. she was able to just read the room in the mm. moment. Uh, mm. But now it really meant to to do that work beforehand and to think, okay, God, what do you want to do in that service? And mm. we're going to pre-record it in a, in a little while. So let's, let's think about that. So there was just a little shift there. Mm. Um, second question, th that was kind of the one I was most excited about, really, because I really <laughs> wanted to hear from people like, what have you tried? Mm. What has worked mm. well? What are some of the things you might even want to take with you into a post-pandemic life. So um, that was that was fun. So many great examples, uh, as you would expect, quite varied. Uh, Nick Collard shared about uh, this all-age thing that they did called Funday Mornings, which I thought was a great <laughs> name. Uh, it's basically a TV show format, you know, I think 20 minutes long uh, for kids, but many adults got involved. Mm -hmm. Um, really got involved with the local community there where he lives on the estate. Um, so that was a really positive outreach uh, expression as well. Uh, actually, many people talked about their churches kind of losing their four walls, mm. like metaphorically speaking, mm. Mm. Uh, and that sense of uh, being separate from their communities. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a lot easier for people to to move over the threshold, really, by mm. just logging in to a service and to see well, what what is this all about, really. It's cool. Um, that was a good thing. Uh, Dan and Jemima talked about exploring alternative ways of participating for the congregation in worship uh, and really, you know, framing a song. Uh, that was uh, really, really positive for them. Mm. So, yeah, I was encouraged by that. Uh, and then lastly, um, if you could change one thing, that was really interesting, actually. There was a, a clear emphasis on ownership, 
from almost everybody. So mm. that sense of that they wish people wouldn't re be relying so much on externals, but that mm. people would come ready to to worship, yeah, and be expectant mm. uh, rather than needing to be hyped up by the mm. worship leader. Uh, that was interesting. Uh, then on top of that, so almost everyone said that, and a few other people said other things. So Mayanthi talked about uh, a greater openness to God's voice in this season, uh, rather than running back to the familiar. You know, that's something we talked about a lot in season one, wasn't it? That mm. sense of going back to normal. Uh, yeah. And then lastly, maybe Nick, uh, he, he talked about worship becoming more indigenous. He wanted to see that happen so that we're not trying to copy other churches or, mm. or other things, but express what's real and authentic for our mm. community. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Great answers there all around. So anyway, that was just a little overview of, of what they said. I loved it. I thought it was a great privilege to just hear from different voices and different churches that they rep represented as well. Mm. So, I was I was really struck by that the the diversity of voices you've got different you know people different kind of backgrounds. Uh, it's it's a really fun thing just to even just to quickly look at those those videos and see all those different kinds of people. It's it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Well, thanks again to everyone who participated in those conversations. They're all on our social media channels, and yeah, it was great to talk to you all. Yeah, and those are good questions for any congregation to go through. Aren't they? What you know, together mm. to keep talking. If we're, um, I mean, what's coming up with um, uh, in our podcast in season two is Dr. Kate Middleton, mm. and she's talking about um, you can hear guys about we need time to process, not rush on. And so, Timo, those three questions are really helpful questions to help us process what's been the hardest. You know, what did you try that we worked really well, and what do we want to take with us, or what do we want to change going forward? I think. Mm. Those are really great questions that we could ponder for. The, I think I'll be pondering that until the end of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and maybe we hope we won't lose that wanting to reflect on our worship because probably before COVID, we probably weren't that tuned into reflecting on our mm. gathered worship. And I think COVID has thrown that all up. We're having to constantly reflect and think, "What God, what are you doing? How can I change it? So, so yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so guys, I encourage you to tune into those stories. They're, they're really encouraging because each of them is their own authentic voice and that's what's beautiful about them. Yeah, it's true. And actually uh, that just reminded me, you know, in, in my own church uh, where we're a part of, they've just done a similar thing uh, just through a simple online form uh, that they sent out through the weekly newsletter of um, what do you guys think about uh, uh, potentially getting back together physically mm. um, when we're allowed to next month, potentially. Um, and that sort of thing, just sort of getting the community to feedback and to reflect mm. together. Um, mm. they're, they're really good at doing that, actually. So, yeah. Great. Great. Awesome. Well, you've, uh, you've already mentioned Kate, uh, Grace, but I wonder whether... We could start with Jay because uh, we interviewed Jay Kim, which is going to be our very next episode. And uh, he's written this book called Analog Church. And I guess we were talking to him about analog worship. But is there anything that sort of jumped out to you? You can maybe tease people with what they can expect. Oh, you're going to be, I think it's just a treat. He's such a cool guy. <laughs> and um, I think you'll be encouraged. I think he's not throwing the baby out of the bathwater. He's just reminding us that we are 
physical. I mean, what I took away is that we are physical embodied beings mm. and therefore we need to prioritise that when we gather. Yeah. And when we put anything forward, it's always like, yeah, keep, you know, there will be a need for hybrid church, but it's always, if you can, let's meet because we are embodied mm. beings carrying mm. the, the presence of God within us by the power of his Holy Spirit. So I find that really encouraging. We mustn't dismiss how we are as human beings, yeah. <laughs> you know, and from what you said, Timo, about people saying the hardest thing is not reading the room, not being in the room. There's when, when humans gather, there is an energy. Mm. So, um, so yes, I think that's my, 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 uh, my little teaser for people. Uh, it's a great, it's a great insight, really humble guy. Um, he talks about things in a descriptive way. He's not prescriptive. He's just saying, this is what we've done. You know, think about that. Um, this is not how you have to do it, but yeah, but that reminder that we are embodied beings and, I don't know when people are going to listen to this, but you know, this is the day after England defeated Germany 2-0 in that historic I match. Was, I was hoping that you were not going to mention that, actually. <laughs> you can edit it. You can edit Come it. On. I don't care. But anyway, the fact is... It's so insensitive. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> For those who don't know, I am German. <laughs> I'm not going to rub your nose in it, Timo. My condolences go out to you, but you've had 30-plus years of success over us. So, you know, you can take your defeat every now and yeah, again okay all right, you're right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you looked at those terraces and that physicality people just you know it's just how we're wired mm. we're wired to jostle up against one another to hug one another to be with one another and I think Jay Kim in that conversation he really uh, reminds us of that and I think we can get too caught up in the convenience of online but actually that's just a temporary thing to help to wait until we can do the face-to-face so yeah that's my that's my teaser for jay kim yeah great guy great book which sam has read not me but i will be reading it in time <laughs> and, <laughs> and i think he'll just give you lots of food for thought and be really affirming for those churches who maybe are thinking oh i'm still struggling with online i think his book will just be really affirming about yeah. the personal yeah, and the other thing we've learned from the football, I don't know if you saw this on Facebook, but people saying you know, the answer is for church is that we get the clergy in the middle playing football and then we can all <laughs> gather around the outside and sing. <laughs> to be the way forward. <laughs> I haven't seen that. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's one way to play the system. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then we had Kate Middleton. It's not the royal Kate Middleton, it's... Kate Middleton from Mind and Soul Foundation. And she was also mm. just awesome. Um, yeah, really, uh, she's a psychologist and she's talking a lot about just caring for ourselves, realising where we are in this pandemic. Um, I was reading some stuff on kind of corporate um, trauma response and how often you go from the kind of event of the trauma to this kind of hero stage where you think, right, we're going to change the world. We're going to fix this. And then you go into a kind of um, disillusion phase. uh, And then you go into a kind of uh, a healing and restoration phase. And then you go into a kind of learning at the end. Mm. And I think uh, what the article, this was on the Mind and Soul Foundation website was saying was that we are very much still uh, looping around those three first three phases uh and so and i think this sort of came out in what kate was saying was that 
actually a lot of us would like to feel oh we've moved on now we've un- we we know we're we're in we're out of this we're in the the healing and the learning phase but actually we're still in that you know crisis hero <laughs> dissolution and we're kind of looping around that bit so she was really good on kind of just yeah being gracious to ourselves in the middle mm. of that mm. yeah so i mean just sort of flowing on from that grace how how have things been for you you know you're a you're a vicar in a in a local church you know are you how you doing how's how's kind of navigating through these times yeah well it's um I'm one of those people who's got young children who are in and out of school mm. so that is uh really disruptive you now don't know whether they're going to stay in school or come out so personally that's been really difficult and I think also just picking up from when we talked about Kate that just sense of weariness mm. um and yet before this podcast I just want to read from 2 Corinthians four seventeen: for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all or other translations, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs more and will last forever. Mm. And I think it's just that in the midst of the pain, there is hope. Mm. Um, and so I'm one of those people who think I very much need to acknowledge the pain and say, this sucks. But then mm. also in that pain, that's when you cry out and say, Lord, have mercy. And you realise, you know what, well, we're going to look back on this and it'll be like, poof. You know, we are living mm. history, but we also remember we see already from like the stories Timo shared that actually God in his mercy is redeeming this situation. And mm. we're seeing these amazing stories of transformation. So I think my journey is one of trying to acknowledge like, oh, this is awful. One minute a kid's in school, next minute they're not. And you have to change everything. And you've still got funerals to do and weddings to take and baptisms. Mm. But yet holding on, um, God is still a God of hope. God hasn't changed and he's going to redeem this situation. And so just locally, our story has been, um, we're very much a church that keeps the, the Anglican seasons, you know, at Christmas, Advent, da 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 da, da. Mm. Um, And we're now in ordinary time where there's no major feasts or festivals. And uh, as I was looking at the lectionary, I felt totally uninspired. I probably shouldn't say this, but I did. <laughs> I just thought, uh, um, those who can listen to the Kate Middleton uh, podcast, you're going to hear about cognitive fatigue. Mm. And um, and I just thought, yeah, I am cognitively exhausted. I just mm. find it harder to process stuff. And so I was talking to our reader, one of our readers who's in her 80s. And she said, Grace, we need to focus on simply building one another up because all we have is God. Mm. We need to build up our faith, stir up our faith. And so that inspired us to, um, instead of like the sermon slot where the vicar comes in and pontificates, well, hopefully not, but um, <laughs> we've just asked the whole congregation to give a Sunday contribution, which mm. we're now sharing Sunday by Sunday. And it's been amazing. People have stood up and shared poems or um, someone shared pictures of their or, their or their hanging baskets. So we just ask them, share things that draw you closer to God, that lift you up in faith, that encourage you, in a way, give you hope. Um, and so it's just been really uh, beautiful to see that um, mm. and see people being built up in that. So I think, um, yeah, we are in this time of uh, collective weariness, and so it's trying to have our gathered time of worship that she's simple, short, but actually people are thinking I've got something to offer and share um, and be built and be built. They're building themselves up just by offering a poem or a hymn um, or a prayer. Um, and so, yes, that's the thing where that's where we are in terms of 
how I'm trying to lead, how I'm trying to discern, God, what are you wanting to do in this time? And I think there is that we want to solve everything. We want to move forward, um, but we're in a holding pattern. Mm. And so I remember a very wise nun said to me, when you can't go forward and you can't go back, you can only go down, deeper into God. So I think this is a time for us all to go deeper into God because they ain't going backwards and we have no idea what's going forwards, but we can go down and just be gentle with ourselves in that and uh, trying to do things that are light, light touch and not worry that we might be weary for quite a while. And I suppose it's just learning, isn't it? I'm always learning the same thing again. It's God's church. It's not mine. He built it. He's established it. He is the body. He, 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 he's in charge. He, he, he's, it's his authority. He's his authority. And I'm just partnering with him in what he is already doing. And I think maybe that's just a reminder. So to any weary leaders listening there, you know what? The buck does not stop with you. It stops with the Lord God Almighty. And he has us in the palm of his hand. So that's kind of snapshot of, of where, where I am, where my little congregation is at. I think we're just trying to prop each other up and yeah, having more and more conversations with people where I just think, yeah, there is this widespread low-grade depression going on. (laughs) Widespread low-grade depression. And I think it's just naming that, helping people have some language around that, normalising that, pointing people to, you know, I know our GPs are overwhelmed, but you do need to pick up the phone and call Mm. your GP. You need to get some, some, some help. Um, but yeah, but we're in that. But I just think, I don't know, I'm going on now, but I just think this must have been what it was like for the children of Israel mm. after all the excitement of coming through the Red Sea, da 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 da, da the golden calf, all that. Blah, blah, blah. And then they had that 40 years of trudgery. I mean, there mm. must have been, I'm sure there was low grade depression going on there. Oh, we've got to pack up our tent, move to the next place. Oh, it's manner again. You know, <laughs> but you know, and but God was still there. Amen. God was still Amen. there. And I just think we're experiencing yeah. that. And, and people, millennials before us, have experienced that. But what they did is they experienced that in community. And that's why I think about when I look at Exodus and Numbers, they did that in community. And so it's about how can we foster that and tell people you're not alone, you know, when you're just thinking, oh, yeah, again, I've got to move my tent and eat manna and the quail and I've just had enough. I think that's where we are. But yet we see that God was still always there. And so it's just trying to have those moments of, as I said, our light and momentary troubles. I'm not trying to dismiss people's no, pain. No, no, I'm not no. trying to dismiss people's grief. It's real. And, uh, and, but it's, it's it, and it's like, and yeah. we have to have that ability to, to step back and see this in the scheme of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Psalm 42 um, this week, past week, and it, it struck me so fresh, like how, psalmist is just pouring out the heart you know i'm panting for you god where can i go and meet with you my tears have been my food just real honesty going on there and then you know why my soul are you downcast why so disturbed within me put your hope in god for i will yet praise him yeah and it's that i will it's it's not i am you know in that yeah. moment the psalmist is really struggling to praise God, but mm. he's kind of got this hope that this will pass. I, I will move beyond this, but mm. right now this is, I can only be honest, God, about mm. where I am. And he kind of reminds himself, you know, by day the Lord directs his love. You know, he he's trying, you know, he's, he's, he's keeping God in the picture, mm. but there's also this kind of honesty about, well, 
maybe not today. Yeah. <laughs> but they will yet, mm. praise God. And I found that really helpful. We um we used I do this other podcast, a 12 song, uh, well, it's called the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast. And we do this 12 song challenge where we challenge about 180 people to write a song every month. And we use a little clip of you, Grace, and uh, Timo's wife, Gemma, and Geraldine Latte talking about, remember the in the episode we did with you guys about, Gemma said something about, you know, in the Old Testament, they sang about their hard times and that mm. became part of their worship. Mm. So we challenged our writers, hey, what about singing about what God is doing in these hard times? Um, and I thought that was, a, you know, a good challenge and actually people fed back and said really hard challenge well <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah so okay. you're, you're, I'm, I'm on the challenge yeah. I'm, I'm part of the 12 song challenge and it's all fun and games to talk about hey we should all write more songs about the coronavirus but until you actually have to do it what rhymes with coronavirus <laughs> not much um, yeah exactly. sorry to interrupt but no yeah, I'm, well i'm glad hard. i'm glad you said that because i think and it is it's partly the fact that we're just not through it yet you know mm. i imagine that israel wrote most of those <laughs> songs when they were looking back and saying you know when they're actually in the wilderness they weren't writing many songs mm. and you know the the disciples on the way to emmaus you know they're they're so crushed aren't they yeah jesus is dead and someone said that he was alive but that can't be true and they're walking away and that's where they are and jesus meets them in that place but they don't recognize him you know and i that is to me another picture of like where we're at right now is yeah we're we're, we're walking away maybe jesus is meeting with us but it's hard to see mm -hmm. and it's hard to so as much as, like I said before, you know, as much as I hoped that season two, we'd start having a load of answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We still don't have answers, folks. And if you don't have answers, that's okay. You know, yeah. church is talking about, oh, we're, re we're restructuring for the future. And it's like, you know, if, if you're struggling to do that, please know you're not alone. Mm. Yeah. 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 But I think you're right. We can't uh, just say, Timo, I'm not, as Sam said, I'm not surprised it's hard to write a story a song when you're in the midst of it but yeah. also what we're going to hear from Kate Middleton is that if we've got this cognitive exhaustion our creativity is greatly diminished yeah you know it's just it's like pulling teeth and and yeah so maybe it's just when a season where I don't know I just have these scraps of paper of all these ideas <laughs> that I just think oh that could work and then I just put it down and I just think a time will come I'll gather them all up and then I'll see which ones will hold and which ones will just yeah. fall fall away um yeah and really I think this is the the tension that this particular podcast is finding itself in you know we are all about uh, being honest about the exhaustion uh, and the low-grade depression that you as you described it um, that we are feeling and yet we are asking the questions of, you know, what about the future? Mm -hmm. And really, yeah, I see those two like in attention because the first one, the former, makes you just want to uh, not really look ahead at all. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, but right now this is painful and so hard. And actually, you know, I loved what you said, Grace, uh, about, you know, you could only go down deeper into God yeah. in this mm -hmm. moment. Uh, really spoke to me, honestly. Uh, but yeah, what do we do about this apparent tension uh, that we're finding ourselves in here? Have you got any any thoughts on that? Hmm. I suppose all I can say is I, I feel like whenever I try and make a decision at the moment, it doesn't, you know, 
I don't end up being able to make that decision. And I think mm -hmm. to, to choose to as much as possible do what Grace says and go deeper into God, but to not plan too far ahead, to not make too many big decisions, um, to be, if we're a church leader, worship leader, whatever, to be honest with our congregations and say, hey guys, we're still in the middle of this. Let's push into God. And it doesn't mean that we can't have, you know, we can read books, we can have big conversations. We, we're going to hear some great stuff from people in these interviews that hopefully will expand our understanding of worship and of what it means to meet as church and as, as God's people. Uh, but I suppose to be at the same time, very gracious with ourselves about not mm. trying to put all those into action mm. in the immediate weeks and months. Yeah. I had, a, I had a really helpful conversation with someone around those questions, Timo, and um, his suggestions, he gave me a question, basically, what can you do corporately that will re-energize you so that you then have energy mm. to reach out? Yeah. Um, and so that's where we came this, just everyone sharing favorite Bible passages and, and within that, he said, what can you do that's um, going to have maximum impact with little effort? Mm -hmm. And so I think mm -hmm. this is a time when if, mm -hmm. if your heart is sinking about doing X, then probably mm -hmm. it's, it's requiring too much effort of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe that's just, as I said, put it on a scrap of paper, put it aside mm -hmm. um, and keep it simple. It's really, mm -hmm. I think for leaders, it's really, well, for, I'll speak for myself, it's really challenging our performance mentality when it comes yeah. to faith. Because yeah. yeah. I, I think I said, for me at the heart of it, we are, which came in our first podcast with Geraldine Latte and yourselves mm. about idolatry and worship. Have we made the way we worship idolatrous and how she was really wise about that is a, that is a, a pitfall for everything that we do. But there is that for worship leaders and ministers and pastors, um, that temptation is, is about me and it's how I perform. And if I'm not doing this, then what's happening? And then God's just saying, I've always had it in hand. You know, are you going to trust me enough to put your foot off the gas just to let it go? And people to think, oh, she's not doing anything. Well, actually, I'm on, under my duvet trying to recover. That, you know, mm. resting is doing something, yeah. you yeah. know. Mm. Um, being unavailable yeah. is doing is doing something. So for, for some of us, it's going to be that, that in, what is that internal dialogue? Who's who's trying to call the shots? Is, mm. You know, and again, I was remembering this morning about that, that message translation of, you know, my yoke is easy, come to me, those who are you know, learn my unforced rhythms of grace. Is this a time which God is wanting us to learn afresh is unforced rhythms of grace, unforced. And so I just wonder if we are for, trying to force resurrection, mm. it just will not happen because maybe there's, we're still in the, you know, Good Friday slash Holy Saturday, probably not. Mm. I think spiritually we're in a Holy Saturday. Mm. I think at the church we're in a massive Holy Saturday, an extended Holy Saturday. And you can't rush, you can't, you can't, make your own healing it is right. it, it, you have to wait for the lord and mm. one of the words in hebrew for wait means to cleave and bind it's not a passive waiting it's not a, oh, 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 oh. i've got my arms up by the way people are wondering what i'm doing on the podcast <laughs> it is is there is a there is an intentional active binding too and so one i've been reading um Anne voskamp's book i think it's called a thousand gifts and she, someone gave a challenge of writing a thousand things to be thankful for over a period of time. And I've started doing that. And that has been my way of going deeper mm. just to kind of like, not, it's not forced. It's not, it's not demanding too much of me, but you know, I'm on 150 something now. And it's really, I'm, you just, I find that when I'm in moments, I'm like, Oh, I'm thankful for soap or I'm <laughs> thankful for running water or I'm thankful, you know, and I just wonder that, 
I just pray that God will just touch people about what those small things that help you go deeper. Now is not the time, I think, for um, what I call spiritual gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Now is not, that is, that is, you know, there's all time for those great feasts. I, I don't believe now's the time, unless God's put in your heart, I don't think now's the time to be doing a 40 day fast. I, you know, it is, mm-hmm. now's the time for that quiet stillness and perseverance where it may mean you simply read that Bible verse. You say, you say the same Bible verse for days. You know, you don't move from that. It might be, you know, you don't move from Psalm 42 or what, you know, or you, you don't stop from just writing everything you can to give thanks. I think now's the time just that. I read recently, God desires our perseverance, not our perfection. Mm. I really think this is the time where we're to persevere quietly and gently. Mm. And God, and trust that God is big enough with my one breadcrumb. I mean, that's what he's teaching us, for teaching me Mm. and my congregation this time. You know, we so think we have to give so, because he's gave so much, we want to give so much. And there's, and he knows that, but we also have to trust that he accepts my breadcrumb. Mm, and that's yeah. okay and he still loves mm, me mm. and I think that is the challenge for leaders um in leaders whether they're in a church or leaders in an organization you know how do I be satisfied you know God is my breadcrumb and he's going to do what he's going to do which is which is always to multiply it mm. amaz- amazingly so mm. so yeah, those are just my words of, of wisdom yeah. uh Sam how have you been persevering in mm. that way either spiritually or more generally uh what's what's been going on for you maybe since season one um yeah i mean it has been it has been tough with uh so sort of may have mentioned before but the the church that we were going to that we intended uh to be part of we knew it was gonna kind of close in some form and we hoping to be part of a yeah of a kind of resurrection that was going to come out of that uh has ended up simply closing and you know during lockdown and we've not had a final service we've not had a sense of being able to gather and pastorally care for each other um and so many dreams that we've had about church in this area seem to be just kind of the doors just closed really um yeah and you know some other you know challenges as well and um lots of blessings you know engage is going great we had our first physical training day this last saturday actually gathering with a few people to do some whole life worship stuff and you know still getting great responses to the resources and things online and but yeah it does it has it has felt like that kind of emmaus road Mm. uh for me and you know the you know jesus appeared dead to those disciples the the dream appeared dead and mm-hmm. to you know and although jesus does seem to be a bit you know calls them foolish but he gives them a chance to talk about that mm. you know he gives them a chance to say where they're at with that so that i suppose that's a lot of where i'm at really and in terms of you know just trying to keep up with every morning having a quiet time reading something good praying um keeping in contact with Christian friends and, you know, worshiping wherever I, you know, where I can online or, or, or with people, you know, when that's possible, but mm. yeah. Yeah. And actually you? just on, on the last Saturday when we had this in-person event, uh, whole life worship, uh, it was so encouraging to just sense the real hunger 
from people to do things like that. You know, mm. unfortunately, we weren't allowed to all sing together yet, but but we were leading some song worship, and there was that real sense of like people wanting to, <gasps> but they couldn't quite. <laughs> yeah, and maybe they were sort of whispering the songs under their breaths, but there was still that real buzz in the air of yeah. wow, here we are together, and this is so great and so mm. exciting, really. And um, I was really encouraged by that, just quite in a quite simple way. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. it's so special. Um, I'm going to kind of wrap it up. This has been great, guys, to to reconnect. And I hope that people have got a glimpse of what's coming up uh, and they've been encouraged. We we kind of made a decision with this one. Last time we tried to put out one a week, we made a decision we're going to try and put them out once a fortnight, uh, which hopefully that means you've got time to digest them as they come out. And um mentioned a couple of people that we've already interviewed, but we've got plans to interview a couple of people around youth work and how we help young people and young people to worship in these times and what young people are going to need going forward. Uh, other worship leaders, we've got some plans to interview folks. So there's going to be lots more uh, and it's going to be coming out sort of Ju- uh, July, August, September. So over the summer, which hopefully, uh, you know, means you'll have some space. Hopefully you might have some time off and you can just, uh, yeah, listen to us. And we'd love you to, to feedback as well, to email us with your thoughts or get on our social medias and, uh, you know, medias is not a word. Social media. Media is the plural. (laughs) Ah. Uh, and also, as with uh, season one, we're going to have reflection questions Mm. uh, on the website again. Um, You know, I think for today, for example, how about you look at these three questions? What was hardest? What worked well? If you could change one thing, um, that's something that we can get stuck into. But there'll be others uh, on the website, engageworship.org, which accompany each episode. Tima and Grace, thank you so much. Great to connect. Yeah, thanks, guys. Enjoyed our conversation. Good to see you all again. Yeah, you too. Until next time. Bye. 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 Visit engageworship.org slash disruptingworship for reflection questions and links to resources for each episode. You can get in touch with us by email on info at engageworship.org and also via Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Engage Worship. Mm-hmm.